This mind. This, this, this. This mind. This, this, this. Feel more. I love my Jeremy, we started off and we already made our first mistake. That was me. That was all of me. I will take that. We were going to do our intro with the the big band music, the um, variety show song, but I didn't do that. But that was our friend TMR. We all love TMR, so uh, better. I, I can't think of a better way than to to start a show with him. Welcome everyone to the award winning Twenty One Gun Podcast. What? I was named one of the top ten. Um, Veterans in Journalism of 2020. I know, I know. Uh, it cost me a lot of money to, to pay the judges off to get that, but I was very honored about it. I was very uh, happy to say. The funny thing is, I didn't know about it. <laughs> and I don't know when they finished. I assume it was recently, but uh, I, was was. Flipping, I was flipping through something and all of a sudden I saw my name come up. I'm like, what's this? What's this? And then I looked down and I'm like, oh, uh, I'm prestigious now. <laughs> <laughs> and I figured you knew. I've been keeping up with it, so I kind of was like, "Oh, he didn't know." Whoops! I should probably should have told him. Totally didn't know. Uh, it was for my interview with Hamidi Jazim. I did a four-part series. It should be a five-part, um, but it was a four-part series about the terrorist whisper. Really cool story. A kid in Iraq, young guy. Like when I say young, he was. I think he was seventeen or eighteen. He joined the Iraqi military, and within a year. He became the command sergeant major, and he was in charge of security operations for the, what do you call that thing? The embassy in, in yes. uh, Baghdad. And he ended up saving a lot of people because he, uh, the Americans, he said, were kind of, uh, I don't know what the word would be, but um, they didn't have their finger on the pulse of what was going no. on. And this guy knew everything, and he knew who everyone was. And he's like, oh, that guy's Bathist. That guy is, I don't know. Yeah, mass murderer, that guy. So he figured out what was going on, and he tipped off that uh, they were going to do a major attack. Oh, man, it's a great story. Uh, do you want know I might do, Jeremy, since it's such a good story? We'll have him on because the last episode ends with him at the gates of the American base yep. uh, on his motorcycle. He basically took his he, – he figured out he was dead, and he had done everything he could do, and he thought he was going to die, so he – uh, started his motorcycle. No, he burned all his gear in like a, a barrel, uh, yep. everything he owned, and got on a motorcycle and left. And that's where it ended. But he's now here in America. We won't say where, but he's here in America. And I think it's an interesting story because that's a that's a story in and of itself that's not really told, right? The um, uh, translators, uh, the folks who tipped off uh, American forces to attacks and things like that. Uh, those folks coming over here to America, uh, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a little sketchy. Some folks had it easier than others. Like it was it was hard for um, uh, the lone survivor. What's his name again? Navy SEAL. Marcus Luttrell. Mark, yeah, Marcus Luttrell's um, uh, translators had a hard time getting him over here. And there's all sorts of stories like that. So I think that'd be a great story to tell. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the four part series. which is like four hours long. I'm going to make it into one episode, and then we'll put the ending in there, and then we'll put it out, and, and that'll be that. I think it'll it'd be, be a good, good time, man. It'd be good to have him back on. It's been a while. Yeah, maybe we can do the interview uh, live instead of all this freaking Zoom. I walk by, so my my medical assistant has uh, a TV on in the the lobby, and I walk by and I see like all these daytime talk shows, and everyone's up on Zoom, and 
I'm just, it annoys me now. I'm so annoyed by this. I just don't want this anymore. <laughs> I think I everybody's tired of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, and then I say that and look what we're doing right now, but come on, come on. We interview people from all over America, as you will see tonight. And we're doing our duty. That's yeah. what I can say. We're doing the right thing. That's right. We have to do this. Um, I feel like I also have to start doing those NPR. So I got that, that, uh, not an award, I don't know, recognition. So, and it was for my old style. So obviously we do this kind of live, bring people in, um, anything can happen when you're live, which is fine. It's, it's believe it or not, it's, it's partly more stressful, but a lot less stressful. So I just contradicted myself, but, um, I feel like the long form interviews need to come back. So I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to play with it. Maybe we can get some like once a month, we'll do a long form. It'll be pre-recorded. It'll be all fancy and we'll sound like professional broadcasters because back at revival. Uh, anywhere. Actually, I would like to do it here in the studio, but yeah, we could do it revival. We could find some place to do it. Um, but yeah, that's going to be, uh, in fact, I'm going to have Mark Gordon and Andrew Marr, or I might have his brother, um, Adam Marr. Uh, they were just cool. on the Joe Rogan podcast. Check it out. It's, uh, I wrote it down. Um, except I can't see where it is. I want to say it's 1589, uh, episode 1589. Uh, check yep. out, Hey veterans, do yourself a favor, head over to Spotify. Cause Joe Rogan needs my plug. He told me, he said, dude, can you shout, shout me out? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Stop freaking texting me. Um, but yeah, head over to Spotify, go into Joe Rogan or, uh, that's stupid. <laughs> the Joe Rogan experience and look for the episode 1589 with Andrew Marr and Mark Gordon. I bring it up all the time, but he saved my life. Um, waftbi.org or tbihelpnow.org. It's a whole TBI program. They have a movie out called um quiet explosions fantastic fantastic uh, documentary and it kind of documents that all of us all of us with anxiety depression um pain uh seizures headaches whatever it is believe it or not a huge part of that is neuroinflammation and this guy identified that and he's getting people off all their shitty medicines like all the medicines that make you feel like a zombie he's pulling he's getting people off that i mean he's not like he's letting them feel better to the point where they can come off it. And, and it's amazing. He's taking people that couldn't function and they're getting like doctorates in, in, I don't know, uh, uh, Adam, not Adam, uh, Andrew just got his, his master's in business, uh, administration from, I don't remember, but it's out in California. Uh, I can't remember. Pepperdine. Is that, is Pepperdine out in California? Sounds familiar. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't but, been uh, there in 15 years. So I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I was, I wasn't even going to mention that, but that's how we produce the show live and on the air. As always, I didn't even do this. Welcome to the official podcast of Reverend Warriors, the only show you need to watch or listen to, because you can also listen to this, to get the latest up-to-date news and information about your pasty thigh, love and silkies, hikes and events. With me as always is producer Jeremy Walton. What is going on, J-Dubs? That's Good what I'm going to call you now. It's such a cheesy name, but I think J-Dubs works. Uh, you know what? I'll, I actually kind of like that. I'll take it. J-Dubs will work for me. Just, uh, you know, waiting for hikes to start up and happy to continue with the podcast, you know, despite everything going on and, you know, spread the mission, spread the love. It's nothing better to do than be with friends, you know? Nice. Yeah. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And I'm looking forward to it. We got 70 hikes this year. We have March 6th is our first hike out in Baton Rouge in Louisiana. And then we have March 11th in Hawaii. Um, if you want to go to Hawaii, start planning it now because that's freaking far away. Is it 13th? Okay. March 13th. 13th. Yes, uh, is out in Hawaii. I would love to do that, but man, I can't even make it to Texas right now. Uh, I mean, tonight, you could, you, you've been talking about Texas for almost a year now. 
Yeah. What, yeah. What are you doing? There's things in the works. There's things in the works. Um, talking to my, my friends down there. Uh, we're going to go check it out. Uh, yeah, that's all I can really say about that because um, it's super secret, super secret stuff. But actually tonight what's going on down in Texas is the Irreverent Warriors. What do you call it? Uh, leadership conference. conference. Yeah. Yep. So, so we've been kind of pulling back a little bit on specifics about upcoming hikes. Um, they're hashing everything out this weekend. I, I would say go to reverentwarriors.com. That's where you're going to get all the, the up-to-date information. Uh, right now, I would say the most recent hikes, like we just announced, are, are set in stone. So uh, yeah, just head over there. And if there's anything we need to update you on, you guys join your uh, respective uh, Irreverent Warriors pages, Irreverent Warriors Raleigh, Irreverent Warriors Tallahassee. Do we have one in Tallahassee? See, now I'm no, making stuff not up. Asking, but you can definitely follow Raleigh because yeah, yeah, this guy. That's, that is a really good one. We have seven hikes in North Carolina next year. That's freaking awesome. I, it's amazing, man. Even yeah. more in Tennessee and Texas. I mean, that's, that's the more the better. The more we can, the more lives we can save, the more hikes we can get by all means. Tonight, I didn't even mention this. We have a very exciting show. We have Shannon, Gina, and Megan from Pinups for Vets. I'll read you something from their page because you know that I can read really well when I'm on the spot. No, no, no. Would you believe I have a master's degree? I just can't do it. I do a radio show yeah. and I can't, I can't read live. It's the craziest thing. It's brain damage. I have brain damage. Come on. That's not even a joke. So just deal with it. Pin I mean, it's kind of a joke. You were an officer, so it makes sense. Ah, well, you were a Marine, ah. so you were just born with it. Pinups for Vets has served the veteran community for 15 years. They produce annual 1940s-style calendars featuring female veterans as World War II pinups. The calendar serves to fundraise for their veteran and troop initiatives. From a 50-state... Ah, see, I already screwed it up. From a 50-state veteran hospital tour where they delivered gifts of appreciation to hospitalized veterans. Uh, they have visited over 15,000 veterans at VA hospitals, military hospitals, and state veterans' homes. Uh, to donating rehab equipment to veterans' hospitals. To morale-boosting makeovers for female veterans. We should get you a makeover, Jeremy. That would have been... You know what? If this was you know one what? of those, if we could actually do it in studio as we're doing the show, you're just getting a makeover. That would be so awesome. I am totally for it. Just because I'm a jarhead and we could pretty much do anything at this point in they time. Do, mail. do they do mail makeovers? What was that show? I, I used to just do mail makeovers. I'm not sure, but I'm totally queer, down for it. Queer Eye for the Straight no. Guy. It was Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And I'm not embarrassed to say that I watched it. I used to watch that. I used to use a bar of soap for everything. This is this is probably two of my two of my TMI. Two of my. So you can't talk TMI. either, and you have a degree. It's very TMI. Uh, but I was like using whatever whatever random two dollar bar of soap is, and I would just do everything. And then I watched Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, and I realized that I need to use all sorts of other things. Um, yeah, I think I'm going down a rabbit hole that I don't want to go down to now. So let's, let's just cut that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Many of the female veterans who volunteer with us claim, I say us because I'm reading it, but uh, who volunteer with them uh, claim that utilizing the aesthetic of the World War II pinup has helped them reclaim their femininity post-service. They have also said that volunteering with their organization and giving back to their fellow brothers and sisters in arms has helped give them a renewed sense of purpose after getting out of the military. Uh, is that not the most repeated thing? we have on the show renewed sense of purpose well yeah because once it's you get so out important. you yeah you need to find that reason that that direction and to find that especially for them as as female veterans is just absolutely amazing so yeah, yeah i can't i can't i can't say no to it cool um that's it that's all my announcements i don't know do you have any announcements um other than that you know just you know keep an eye out for hikes and and be there for each other as as things progress throughout the year right um i'm gonna so so this next part 
I'm going to alter a little bit. Uh, you know, I put my dad hat on. It's what I do. I was an officer. You guys are a bunch of grunts. I have to, I have to get you in line. Um, I said it last week. I'm going to be very vague on this um, because our organization is diverse, right? We have straight people, gay people, brown people, white people. Uh, we have Marines. We have Air Force. We have everybody because we don't give a shit. We don't care which side of the aisle you're on. We don't care about any of that stuff. What we care about is the mission and the mission is saving lives. So with that said, just giving a, a heads up, don't do anything stupid. Please, please don't do anything stupid. If you're watching the news, which you should probably not watch the news because um, it'll, it, it's, it's very detrimental to your your mental health um but if you watch the news you see that you know everything's on tape everything's being photographed everything's being um uh i don't know what the word is uh, manipulated to one end or another and it's a mess out there and the last thing i want i mean this would shatter my heart the last thing i want is someone to be somewhere where they shouldn't be and there's an iw shirt or something like that in the background um, that would be horrible. So just, just be careful guys. Uh, we have our first hikes coming up. There's going to be eyes on you just like last year. There's going to be eyes on you, whether that is following the mask wearing rules or, you know, if Antifa or somebody shows up at a hike cause we carry American flags and it kind of puts a target on us. Don't engage, follow the rules just for the fact that we want this to be successful. We want 70 successful hikes this year. Um, so yeah, follow the rules. If someone does engage you, if someone does start with you, just look to your left, put your arm around your buddy and just keep moving forward or walk um, away or walk away or just do that. Turn the other cheek as somebody once said. So focus on the mission, focus on the mission. And I'll say it one more time, focus on the mission. Uh, every single time we do a hike, every single time we save a life, I guaranteed. So we do 70 hikes this year. We save 70 lives. Uh, if a hike gets shut down or whatever, it's going to cost a life. So think about that. Um, that's it. That's all my dad had. I love you guys. And I'm not going to sit here and yell at you because I know you guys are all uh, patriots and wonderful people. And that's it. I just worry. That's what I do. I worry. Uh, I got kids now, so I worry about everything. Dad. <sighs> Jeremy, do you have anything on that? As as Other than that, I mean, just to piggyback off, man, we're at the time of our lives where we we struggle and we it comes down to isolation reach out, just please. I reached out at the end of the year. Don't get emotional. I reached out at the end of the year and I was at a low and I had friends who are in the organization who brought me back to 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 a level plane. And without them, I probably would have done something stupid. So call, text, email, snail mail. For those of you who are old enough and those of us who remember snail mail, shoot hey, a letter. Hey, no. Remember snail mail. Back when mail used to work. Um, I'm getting letters from like mid December at this point. It's it just, you know, zoom calls, it's stuff like that that saves our lives. And like I said, I, at the new year's one, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be here. So reach out. That's, that's all I can say. Yeah. Um, and who cares if it's awkward, it doesn't freaking matter. Like I have, guys it's always that, awkward. <laughs> I have dudes on Facebook that, um, argue with me all the time. And then I'm like, I'll text them and I'm like, you know, I still love you. <laughs> You know, I would still oh. do anything, you know, right? Because we would run through, veterans would run through hell with gasoline cans for one another. Um, and that was the other thing. That's what I brought up last week is put the petty stuff aside. Remember who we are. Remember who your brothers and sisters are. Um, you know, you, you think about it when they were next to you, when the bullets were flying and, you know, nothing else matters. There's no atheists in foxholes. Um, does that does that work? I don't know. I was, I was trying to come up with something there. There's no politics in foxholes, so... <laughs> 
So uh, it's 8.15. We do have our, our uh, news around the AOR, but we also have three guests. So I'm trying to figure out maybe what we'll do. We can do a couple and then kind of cut into it. And, and, and as long as I don't cut off this, the cut off the stream again, we can go back into the rest. <laughs> oh, there, there's something else I wanted to bring up before we get into that. Um, uh, in the news this week, the reason why I thought of all this, uh, the Disabled American Veterans is warning that any member, and this is for anyone, uh, now we're outside of IW, now we're just talking to veterans in general, or whatever group you belong to. Uh, the, the DAV is, um, if they find anyone participated in any of the illegal events that happened last week, they're kicking them out. So again, be smart. All right, let's move on, because that's freaking bringing me down and we need to be happy. Nope, we're here about positivity and happiness and 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 beautiful freaking pinups who save lives. That's all that matters. So let's, let's awesome. move on. We have, uh, it's 816, we'll go 820, we'll bring them on. So news around the AR. I have a question, Jeremy. Because I do this every week, I sit there and I go through the news and I try to figure out what we're going to talk about this week. Who gets the who gets to name the weapon systems? The guys or girls working in 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 DARPA or down at Eglin Air Force. I don't know if you ever had a chance to be at Eglin Air Force Base, but I'm it's not. pretty freaking cool. It's like it's the I think it's the largest base uh, in America. It's just massive. It's where they tested the Moab. It's like it's like any new weapon they can go there and um and test but i'm wondering who gets to, to name the weapons because some of them are really cool like tomahawk missile that's cool you nailed it that's a home run that's awesome uh the apache attack helicopter the cobra that's another cool one well the air force announced last week that the service has conducted the first flight demonstration of its goal i think this is number one if you want to bring it up while i'm talking about it. remember i can't see the screen i'm talking to a blank screen right now so jeremy you're doing all the uh oh i guess i can look to my left and see it there it is oh there it is. Okay. Um, where was I? Air Force announced last week that the service had conducted the first flight demonstration of its... Are you ready for the name? Boom. The, the Golden Horde. They call it the Golden Horde. Can you imagine someone shooting a Golden Horde at you? I just want to say it a few more times. Uh, this was actually in mid-December. It involved a pair of small diameter bombs configured with a collaborative autonomy payload. Dude. So I think, I think a few weeks ago we mentioned that AI is starting to beat... Uh, U.S. fighter pilots in dogfights. Well, now this bomb, you you let it go, and then it's like, okay, I got it from here, and it just starts heading down towards its target. It analyzes the target. It talks to the other bombs. It talks to the the um, I don't know guidance system. Probably talks to the the forward air controller on the ground, and it goes, hey, do you know what? That looks like it's already destroyed. I see a hot target over there. I'm gonna go hit that instead, and it just decides, and it goes. How crazy is I'm that? I'm telling you, Skynet is taking over. <laughs> I know, I know. And you know what? We could go down the Joe Rogan uh, 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 rabbit hole, and we do bring this up a lot. But uh, you can um, you can bring that down there. But I, I think, I don't know, man. It's like uh, if you had asked me a few months ago, I guess last year, if, if we would be in a global pandemic, I'd say, come on, that's science fiction. But when I see stuff like this, uh, I mean, it makes me nervous. I feel like at some point we're just going to launch our robots at each other. There's going to be no war, which might be a good thing. Um, but it doesn't sound like a good thing. I feel like if robots are out there fighting, they're just going to be like, let's just annihilate everyone. So it frightens me a little bit. So if I deploy my robot, can I please call it Johnny five? It's all I ask. It's all I ask. Short circuit. Yes, sir. Ah, there you go. 
There you go. My son's into Big Hero 6 a couple years ago. It came out. All right. Um, I don't know any of that stuff. So, yeah, I thought that was a cool thing to bring up. The other thing, tomorrow in West Virginia, if I was a good broadcast, if I was a top 10 military veteran in journalism, I would have the date and location for y'all. But out in uh, West Virginia, they're going to have the memorial service for chuck yeager and if you guys remember my heartfelt speech a few weeks ago when chuck yeager died he was my childhood hero yeah dude i mean it was obvious that i was i was destined for um not a normal life because uh i was my my hero was a an ace combat pilot a total killer and i had his poster up on my wall uh because i watched um the right stuff and i was like this guy i want to be like this guy uh, and I actually got to meet him a couple years ago. Uh, it, it scrolled down a little bit. I'll show you. There was a picture that I was standing right next to him, but it's cropped out. That's not it. Keep going. Keep going down. Keep going down. There, right there. I was standing. So when that picture was taken, my buddy took that picture because he filmed. He was breaking the sound barrier at the age of 89 there. I was standing, I don't know, maybe five feet to the right, right in front of him. It was like, to me, because he was such a legend, it literally was like, it would be like meeting... I mean, think about like a, a fictional character that you always wanted to meet. I can't think of it. Like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> or just Chesty Puller. How about that? We'll Chesty Puller. There. No, that's you're exactly right. It would Chesty, be like standing next to Chesty Puller. And that's I respect it. Chesty Puller. I mean, everyone does. You don't have to just be a Marine to realize that guy uh, was awesome. So uh, what I was going to do is get into six facts about Chuck Yeager that prove he always had the right stuff. Uh, article from military.com. But it's 821, so let's start bringing on our guests. Our first guest, um, let's see, we'll bring up uh, Gina first. I almost called her Elise because I have her last name here. We'll bring up Gina first. Okay, she's up. How are you doing, Gina? I'm great. How are you both? We are doing fantastic. Good. I answered for you, Jeremy. See how I do that? It's like we're a couple. I order for him too when we go out to eat. Um, so you are the founder of Pin Up for Vets. Am I right about that? That is correct. Awesome. This is something you started how long ago? 15 years ago, back in 2006. Which camera do you have going, Jeremy? I don't know where to look. Oh, straight one. Okay. Uh, 2006. So yeah, you're on it 15 years. That's pretty cool. Uh, a lot of folks, and and you probably hear it, you probably hear it as a veteran or, or whatever, whatever your job is. People... I'm not a veteran, actually. Oh, you're not? No. All right. It's a very you know patriotic civilian. Oh, well, that's fine. We we have civilians on here too. Who was the last civilian we had on, Jeremy? Didn't we have, um? gosh, who was it? Oh, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Let's move on. Uh, I'll find so... out later. <laughs> yeah, just look through the, the podcast episodes. Um, so anyways, okay, so so uh, non-veteran, people will always say, hey, yeah, I have this idea um, and I want to do this and I want to do that, but it goes by the wayside. Um, I've personally have had a million ideas. What was so special about your idea for Pin Up for Vets that made it successful? I think it's very unique. Um, you know, I actually did not, I only intended this to be one year. Um, and it was basically back in 2006, there were a lot of stories coming out in the news about our troops coming back from Iraq and uh, needing medical care. And I wanted to do something to help out. I've always been a big fan of World War II pinup art. They used to paint these beautiful women on the sides of aircraft during World War II to boost the morale of the troops and remind them of what they were fighting for back home. So I thought I would bring my love of pinup art and create a pinup fundraiser calendar that we could use to support our veterans and troops today. And fast forward 15 years, here we are. 
Yeah, I would say 15 years. Jeremy, switch over to the the studio cam, NC studio cam. Then I feel like, because like, now I can look at the monitor and yeah, and see her and then talk. So now I feel like I'm talking to somebody instead of just a, a blank screen here. Um, and, and because I just did that, I lost my train of thought. Uh, oh yeah, so one of the big things about the global war on terror is that it's such a small percentage of individuals that actually served, right? Um, and one of the big things you hear, at least historians talk about, is the lack of sacrifice that that civilians had to endure. So you think about Vietnam, I mean, that was a huge sacrifice because if you didn't have the right parents, you were you could have been um, conscripted. Or if you look back in World War II, yeah, they couldn't have butter, women couldn't have nylons. I mean, there was a, metal was a, at a shortage. Everyone suffered through it. And then we got, we had 9-11, and then we had, uh, uh, where was that, Afghanistan first. And people were into it, and they were supportive, and then it just kind of, you know, kind of became a byline in the news. So when I hear, uh, and again, I'm just figuring out that you're uh, a civilian. When I hear a civilian that took it upon themselves early in the war, I mean, 2006, unfortunately to say, it was still early in the, the wars, um, to took it, take it upon themselves and help us out. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Thank you for doing that. My pleasure. <laughs> my, my grandfather was a World War II Army veteran and um, service, uh, giving back to the community has been a part of my family for a very long time. And so, you know, I, um, I wanted to do something creative to give back. And, and that's, that's what we have. We have our, our fundraising pinup calendar. We actually just released our 15th edition. And now the calendar actually features female veterans. So back, back when I first started, I was the one that was modeling in the calendar. Oh, okay. And now it's female veterans that we turn into World War II pinups. And, and those ladies are the ones that come on hospital visits with us across the country to visit their fellow um, brothers and sisters um, and to give them these calendars as gifts of appreciation. That's that's really cool because uh, there's like a whole subculture of this like 50s, 40s and 50s thing. In fact, my buddy who owns Revival 1869, Marine, who oh, you can't really read it on there, but he's got a bar here. I plug him all the time. Bar here in the heart of Clayton, North Carolina. Check it out if you're local, if you're visiting. Go there and uh, uh, is it patronize? Patronize his his um, establishment. Anyways, his, his uh, I think his ex-wife is into the same thing like she would go out to the bar and all that i i saw a lot of people that did that i always thought that was kind of cool like where they call it the victory rolls or liberty rolls oh victory rolls and th isn't there a name like when i was in high school there were also kids uh that were into that look they wore the um uh what do you call it the the, the shoes that have like the white and uh, well, the they, black yeah, wingtips a, a modern twist is rockabilly Okay. Yes, that's it. That was it. Rockabilly. Yeah. Um, so we uh, we try to remain true to the 1940s aesthetic. I'm just a huge fan of kind of artists like Alberto Vargas and Gil Elvgren. So the whole calendar, you know, I'm very picky about how it looks, but um, sure. I don't remain very true to that 1940s style. Yeah. Are you a fan of the uh, the old art that was on the side of the aircraft? Um, yes. I'm thinking yes, specifically that, that, Memphis Bell. Yeah. It's it's nose art um and that is sort of the whole entire organization of, of revolves around the concept of nose art because nose art was used to boost morale of the troops back during world war ii that's right and they wouldn't let us do nose art uh in the c-130s they were perfect for it c-130s were perfect for it and they actually had a 
I want to say a unit used to have that shark's mouth on the front of the C-130, which I thought was cool. So what we did, uh, we got around it by using chalk, uh, color chalk, and we had a few artists and stuff. So we had one, one plane called the War Wagon, uh, one called Frankenherk, because the, the plane was literally made out of two Herks welded together in, in theory. Um, but yeah, it was, it, that's something that it, it kind of crushes me that they get away from that tradition. Uh, Air Force has a way of doing that, but, um, it would have been a huge morale booster. In fact, when I went out to the aircraft and if it had, if we were going on war wagon, I was like, nice. I kind of felt like I was, I was bombing Nazis or something. <laughs> nostalgia, a little that, bit of nostalgia. That's right. People, people comment, you know, about that all the time to us about, thank you for keeping history alive. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That's pretty cool. Uh, Jeremy, you you had said, did someone have a question? Uh, a yes. listener? Okay, go for it. So we actually had a close friend of ours, a fellow female Marine, her name's Keisha Boyd. She's a part of Reverend Warriors and she does the Zoom chats with us. She says, how do we get to be a part of this? So we usually post our casting for the calendar in spring, um, and we take submissions from all across the country. Um, as far as you know, volunteering with us, we are located here in Southern California, but we do we're usually doing hospital visits nationwide. So you know, people can email me um, if they want to be involved. Unfortunately, we're not doing in person. Um, hospital visits right now to deliver the calendars as gifts because of the pandemic. But hopefully when things calm down, we will be able to resume our visits. Instead, we're actually shipping the calendars for the hospital staff to hand out on our behalf um, until we can continue our visits. But if anyone wants to get involved with us, they can either look out for the casting uh, for the calendar in the spring, or they can just uh, send an email to me through the website, which is pinupsforvets.com. Nice. Um, how many women do you have with your organization right now? We probably have about a hundred wow. volunteers. Um, and like I said, we cast uh, veterans from all across the country in, in the calendar. This calendar for 2021 has 12 lady veterans that are featured. Um, and in, in the months, you can see um, we basically put their branch and then the number of years they serve. This is Claudia Navy, four years, month of Miss February over here. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we it's it's really you know a way to start talking about these incredible female veterans. I think a lot of my ambassadors, a lot of our ambassadors are female veterans, and they've mentioned to me that people don't see them as veterans because they're a female. Um, and so I think it's it's hopefully starting to change the stereotype of what what a veteran is, and it gets people talking. Well, okay, she you know she's a Navy vet. What did she do in the Navy, and and where did she serve? Yeah, awesome. Um, how do so. I guess I'll ask this in two parts. The first part is what, what are the old world war two and the, um, the Korean war guys like when they see you, is it like, does it bring them back? Especially yes. the guys with Alzheimer's or dementia. They say, oh, they say blast from the past. You know, we walk in and a lot of times the hospital staff does not let them know that we're coming. It's just a surprise visit of, of basically, you know, pitups walking into the room, you know, their jaws drop and, they can't believe it. And, and, and I think it's even more special because a lot of them don't have visitors for right. sometimes weeks and months. They may not have family that's close by. And so just a little surprise visit and a gift of appreciation can 
can change their day. And uh, I think it just, you know, it, it means a lot to them just to have somebody say thank you and, and to listen to them. A lot of them start to talk to us about their service and their memories from the time, you know, in the service. And then they're also interested in learning about the ladies that are, are visiting with me, you know, um, like Shannon and Megan have done multiple visits with us. And I'll say, oh, you know, Shannon's an Air Force veteran and Megan's a Marine. And they want to know, well, where did they serve? And so then there's that beautiful, you know, veteran to veteran connection. Absolutely. And I want that to sink in. If you're listening right now, which I know you are, because I see the numbers. Uh, it, he, she said that people might not see anyone for a couple weeks. So these are our brothers and sisters in arms that are in their twilight years and they're alone and they're in a hospital they might even, they might have dementia. They might not. And they're they're So let that sink in and think about one of those, you know, idle Saturdays where you're sitting on the couch eating, I don't know, potato chips and watching a college football game. You could, well, I guess now we're in COVID. So let's, let's, let's take COVID out of the equation. You could be doing something. So don't forget. I mean, we, we constantly talk about helping each other out, um, these GWAT veterans, cause we're all young and we kind of hang out together, but don't forget them. And even our Vietnam guys, they're getting old. Um, you know, some of them are in their eighties, mid eighties. So don't forget that and, and make sure you're, you're, you're doing your part because I personally believe a veteran's job never ends. That used to be a common question we asked. Um, let's bring up, we'll have you back on G uh, Gina. Don't worry. Uh, I want to bring up Shannon and I'm going to say your name on Corbeil. 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 Is she there? There she there is. Really? We were both wrong. Why is there an L in there, Shannon? Huh? Ask the French. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't believe you. You're a fellow Air Force veteran. Welcome aboard. I am. Thank you. I, I was showing um, Gina. I was showing Gina when the episode started. Here's my oh, Jeremy. The whole three angle camera thing is screwing me up, but I got this one right here. See that? Beautiful. Beautiful. beautiful uh, today I learned that the C-130 is formally called the Navigator. I never ever heard that before. Is that I, like the F-16 is a fighting Vi falcon or whatever? It's it's a, well now you you got me confused because I know it's the Viper. We call it the Viper. Um, but yeah, but the formal name is the fighting Falcon. Oh, I think it's just a Falcon. Shit. I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. But you know what? I had no, I flew the daggum Hercules. I didn't know it was called the navigator. Where'd you hear this? Your website. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, no, what I put on there is I was a former C-130 navigator. <laughs> that was my oh job. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we can't edit that out. This is live. Welcome to the live world. <laughs> I can't, no, I looked it up and someone says formally. That's well, now, now I need to know. So <laughs> Don't I'm, worry about I'm, it. No, I, I am. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Except the fact that you're Air Force. That's going to be hard to come over. It so, is. It's the C-130 navigator, like C-130E Hercules navigator. No, that's what I was. I was a C-130E Hercules. That is what you were. Yeah, navigator. Nav. That's what we call ourselves. Good job, uh, Kevin. I thought that it was like how, how they, <laughs> how we have like actual names for people. Right, like right, right. Their formal names. No, it's the Herc. We're a it, navigator. It's the Herc. And I never liked that name because you got, you're right. You got the Fighting Falcon. You've got the Warthog. Actually, that's a fake name. It's the, I know because it's the Thunderbolt, the Thunderbolt 2, 2, right? Yeah, no yeah, one yeah. calls it that. 
Gina uh, just messaged me and she's kicking me out of pinups for vets. I have to turn <laughs> oh, no. no longer allowed to represent. The if, if, if you were Navy and you didn't know the difference between like, I don't know, a schooner and a battleship, <laughs> I'm making things up now. It would probably just, you know, let's move on. I'm just messing with you. Um, so you have a degree in arts and humanities and philosophy from Loyola. Then you went to the military and then you went on to writing, directing and acting. Was all this random or was this part of a underlying plan that you had? And did each experience kind of shore up the next? Well, I always knew that I wanted to act and tell stories, but when 9-11 happened, I pivoted. And so that's when I joined Air Force ROTC um, and I did ROTC while I was at LMU. And then when I graduated, I commissioned. So awesome. I served, I, I, I completed my service and I just kept feeling that calling to tell stories. So I moved back to LA and that pursuing acting ever since intel believe it or not intel falls right into that line because before a mission the intel officer would come in and brief off brief us what to expect during the 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 trip so they'd be like you know at this time blah 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 be aware that they're coming out between 2 a.m and 3 a.m and there's a ZSU i used to give four. those briefings <laughs> oh yeah so that's so yeah i mean it, it lines up i guess and i think part of writing is definitely researching and knowing your topic and and i mean that's that has to be what intel school was mainly correct yes and um i'm telling you like for the entire first 20 minutes of this series i was like how could i have never noticed i'm not going to be able to let the hercules navigator <laughs> thing go no, <laughs> hercules no, community permanent uh yeah it's, but 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 you know what it's when you make a comment like that that you last forever we'll always remember <laughs> we'll always remember you now for great. that great 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 that's it's what okay. happens I mean, when you only google one website that's right. Well, look at uh, my entire career. I've been shot at uh, too many times to, to count and had rockets shot up at me and all that stuff. I never pulled out my gun. Uh, I had to remember. I had to re I had to look up to what the freaking gun was called, an M9. I forgot. I was like, I don't know. They gave us an M9. You dump so, it from your brain when you leave. That's right. Because I don't <laughs> shoot. Who shoots Beretta? Come on. Uh, so, yeah, once once I was hey. out, I never, I never went. You shoot Beretta, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, I, I just got to say that, um, I used to be a, a Beretta owner and, and we used Berettas while we were in the Marine Corps. So, yeah, yeah, the but, but, you, but what do you call it when you're talking about going and shooting? I'm just shoot my handgun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my piece. Well, now I'm I a mean, Glock, I'm a Glock fanboy, so I don't use any of that. that so yeah, I used to be a, I used to be a Beretta, I, a big time Beretta fan at, at 92 FS, etc. And then I went Smith and West and I'm like, no, so you got to upgrade. I went, I went my FN. And now it's like, Hey man, what are you bringing? I'm bringing my FN. Which is a oh. nice gun. It's kind of a Gucci gun. Um, so, uh, next question. Let's, let's, uh, get this one out here. So uh, I, I have female veterans on all the time. If you guys are interested in hearing a fantastic story about a female veteran, go over and listen to silky Stephanie, Stephanie Parker. I think it was last year. It might've been early last year that that episode came out. It was one of the first ones I ever did. Um, yes. she's what five feet tall and she was a straight up killer, uh, door gunner on maybe Blackhawks. I think, yeah. What do they call those? HH sixties? Pavlo? I don't freaking know. See, see, she was that's a door part gunner. of the air force. I don't know what the hell it's called. Blackhawk. It's a, 
Um, but yeah, she's a straight up killer. So I asked this question to her because I went back to her uh, interview to figure out, you know, some questions to ask you guys. So the military, historically speaking, and I'm not saying this is a good or bad thing, but the military is traditionally male, right? It's traditionally male and masculine. If you look at the numbers, I don't know, you probably would know um, what the percentage of females that serve versus males. As a woman in the military, did you find the need to step up any sort of masculine trait that you had to persevere in the culture? Or it, it, tell me how you had to balance that. Absolutely. Um, you, I really, and I think most of the female vets I've spoken to have had a similar experience. Anything that's archetype, female, feminine is something that really has to be suppressed when in the military, it's, it's that traditional masculine energy. So it, it was definitely about physical strength and do, you know, and, and, and it was about the mission, mission-oriented. And um, it's interesting you asked me that because I've been studying these types of things a lot, uh, The what we associate with masculine and what we associate with feminine and how far back that goes. And um, yeah, it's been, it was, it was confusing. It still is kind of confusing to, to try to reconcile that because what also comes with um, traditionally, you know, with the idea of femininity is also weakness. And um, that's actually something I disagree with. It's, it, and I never liked the idea of feeling weak, but it always felt like in the military, women are weak until they prove themselves strong, whereas men are considered strong until they prove themselves weak. So it always felt like having something to prove Sure. And that's, that's a very damaging thing too for, for veterans because there's the whole notion of weakness. I mean, what's, what's fun. Well, it's not funny, but you know, I, I received head trauma in, in Iraq and I was, before they figured out what was going on, it was very early on. They're like, Oh, this is classic PTSD. And then I was like, Oh, great. I'm weak. I'm weak. And I lived with that for 10 years. Um, and that's, that's just part of it. That's just part of it. And it's one of the reasons why people won't get mental health. Even now, even as people are civilians, they're afraid to get mental health, uh, assistance because it's a, it's a form of weakness, but it isn't, it isn't. I tell people, it's just like, if you lift a couch and blow out your back, uh, it's going to be with you for a while and you got to go to physical therapy. You got to work that stuff out. Cause if you don't, it's going to cause other weaknesses and eventually you're just going to be a mess. So yeah, that, that, and, and it's interesting to think about how that does play into the uh, into the, the the military world. Many women don't get to peek inside that hypermasculine world of armed conflict. Uh, when you became a civilian, did this help or hinder your reintegration as a civilian woman? So I guess my question is: you're you're with your friends. Let's say you're with your girlfriends, and they're not they're not um, veterans. Uh, how do they see you? How do you? it's kind of the, the age old thing that veterans have a difficult time communicating with veterans. But in your case, uh, you know, how, how did it, how did it affect your idea of femininity and how you got back, uh, I guess, into that role? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had a pretty terrible injury while I was in the military that took years to address just because of the way that TRICARE works. Yep. Uh, so years <laughs> of feeling weak and feeling like, feeling guilt and feeling like I wasn't doing enough and wasn't pulling my weight. And, you know, we wouldn't think of if a machine breaks, you take the time to fix the machine. But right. uh, as humans, we're, we don't give ourselves that freedom to heal and to actually recover. Um, and uh, I was very soul sick. Um, a friend of mine was killed overseas. And so I did a hard 
hard 180 and became a pole dance instructor. So I went straight into an all female world and it was so empowering. It felt like such a relief at the time to only be around women, to be around women who, um, cause, cause one of the other things that is going on for women in the military, not only do we have to prove that we're strong, um, but also men, there's the sexual dynamic between men and women, you know, most men and women. And so that's something that we also have to reconcile. Um, Two million years of evolution. It's why we're here. <laughs> right, exactly. So it, it was a real big relief to go and be able to explore my sexuality just for me and just in the presence of other women and just being able to dance and move my body and try to heal the wounds that I had had and try to recover my strength. I mean, that was... I, I spent many years avoiding anything military. It was actually until I did a veteran workshop and then met Gina um, that I started to get involved in the military community and realized that there were a lot of wounds that I had just ignored instead of working on healing them. I had been ignoring them for years. So through that workshop and through getting to know other veterans in the community and being there with each other, I realized that everyone has had a pretty similar experience. I mean, the military, Gina, I'm sorry. The military is a mind fuck at a minimum, you know? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> We're irreverent warriors, irreverent warriors. Don't worry yeah. about, well, yeah, I mean, but <laughs> if, you ever, um, if you ever watch bad TV, trust me, this is, this is vanilla. <laughs> there's, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot to recover from. There's a lot of wounds and, you know, the military asks us to be war fighting machines and then we get out and they're like, well, see you later, little machine. And we've stripped away all of our emotions and we don't really know how to get back. So for many that that's a journey that takes years and years. And, and sadly, we know that so many veterans never find it. Um, yep. And, and so I think it's really important to have these conversations and to remove that stigma and to be there for each other and to talk about the pain that we experienced and to talk about the things we'd seen and, and to try to heal from it. And my hope is then to take the next step and try to prevent that, from happening to others in the future. I think about that a lot. I've got a cousin who's at the Air Force Academy now and I'm like, well, how do we make his military <laughs> a more evolved military so that he can be a guardian without having to be a warfighter? How do we get that? Is, is when you say guardian, is he gonna go Space Force? Cause that's what- Oh God, no, Force. I meant just like a guardian of our- <laughs> How our, dumb is that? Our way of life. Hey, I can't even get started on the space <laughs> the guardians. Okay. So you've been, you've been very busy and we still have to, gosh, this is what happens with these shows is that we have an hour and I have, I'm like, Oh, this is enough questions. And we, we scratch the surface. We don't even get to half the, we want to talk about, but I do want Jeremy to bring up a quick, uh, video here. For oh no. Us. Oh yes. Oh, oh. library. I'm sorry. It's kind of, kind of buffering. Of I don't know if it's playing for me. Is it? Is okay, it? it must okay. just be mine. You'd like to get a little something for yourself. Now this now, is your movie, right? Movie, right? Yes, it yes, is. It is my short my film. 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 That was Lisa. That was Lisa. Lisa. Army 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 oh really? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I'm leaving notes for my family. Okay, Jeremy, you can bring it down. Plus, it's Plus giving it's me a weird, weird echo. echo. Uh, 
It's driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I heard it as well. Okay. That I'm Michael okay Crichton now. book. I saw that. So Thank you. you. Yes, there are lots of little Easter eggs in the book selections. It's been fun to have people <laughs> call them out and be like, Dune. Um, yeah, Jurassic yep. Park is just one of my favorite books and one of my favorite films ever. Was the Army veteran the, the librarian there? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and cool. we had Jack Murillo as well, um, a Marine, and um, a lot of our our producer, Jen Brofer, is Marine, and we had Air Force and Army on set, and it was it was a really good group. Speaking of community, right? Working Absolutely. with each other. <laughs> All right. We are going to uh, quickly pop you off there. We're going to bring up Megan Martine. That's an easy one. I can't yeah, screw up that name. You're going to want to, you're going to enjoy this. Enjoy <laughs> Thank you. I'll pull you down. One of my favorite what, people. What we'll do is, uh, Jeremy, just looking at the time. Oh, we got plenty of time. But I was going to bring up Megan. And then after we get through some questions with her, we'll just bring everyone up. We'll make it a big party. Uh, there'll be six of us, six cameras. People don't know where to look. And then I'll just go through whatever questions we have last, left and we'll end it with that. Um, so Megan, Marine, Ra. Ra. Did I do that right? Temper fine. <laughs> What's funny is I worked um, for an entire deployment almost ex extensively with Marines. Uh, we were doing, it was during Ramadi. Uh, can't remember actually it might have been Ramadi or it might have been Fallujah we were in both but we were flying Marines in day and night I mean it was just sun up to sundown Marines in Marines out Marines in and I feel like I got to know them you know we would go to our separate ways I, I you know I, I didn't get to know them as much until I joined the Irreverent Warriors and then there's like 80 percent of Irreverent Warriors and Marines uh, yeah. Donnie O'Malley was a Marine Jeremy was a Marine is a Marine whatever you want to say um <laughs> So I think I'm starting to pick up the culture. I think I kind of get you guys now. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So why the Marine Corps? Um, why not? I've, I well, again, I've always been really fascinated with the, uh, you know, the history. Um, I definitely thought that the Marine Corps had a. Um, I might hate to be biased, but I can, you know. So I mean, they, yeah. <laughs> that they always had uh, something that I was very attracted to, as far as you know, the history, the camaraderie, the dress blues, the, everything, you know, just immersed in that whole culture. And it really fit my lifestyle. I'm a, I'm a big old tomboy sports, I mean, jock. And uh, to me, it was just perfect for, for my lifestyle. And, and I, I fit right in, I fit right in. It, it, it was good for me. So, you know. Yeah, I was always, uh, even when I was in at this point, I was always jealous at the the way Marines embrace tradition. Uh, Air Force did everything they could in their power to to destroy tradition, right? If you if you did what we called a cap crush, which flyers would do, there would be like a first shirt walking around being like, hey, your, hat, your hat's out of reg. And it's like, come on, man, it's tradition. It's what, I don't know, it's, it's you guys are just ripe with tradition. And I, I, I love that about you guys. It's great, yeah, it is wonderful. How did you hear about pinups for veterans? Um, I've been following Gina's organization for, it's got to be close to the beginning. Um, but yeah, I was following it, just seeing what they were up to, the, the good things that they were doing, um, you know, watched it evolve, watched the, the culture grow. Um, I'd already done, you know, just some little pinup things on the side, just on my own with some friends and stuff, but nothing like this, of course. And, sure. uh, and so, you know, um, there's a couple of other veterans organizations I'd volunteered for, but this one was like, you know what, this is great. I love Gina's vibe loved the you know the gals that she had involved in the organization and um and just the whole uh the whole way it promoted um just everybody it's immersed in that whole uh the pinup culture going to the va hospitals visiting these veterans oftentimes who don't have anybody 
And so, you know, just to see their faces light up and they would normally be, you know, kind of reclusive and quiet. But when we came in there, they'd sit there and open up and, you know, it's sad that we can't spend more time with them, but we get them, give them as much, much time as we could, you know, sign the calendars for them, take some pictures, um, you know, that alone just really, you know, warmed my heart. So, I mean, that was, and I knew it was an organization that I had to be more involved with, so. Sure. Yeah. And almost, almost 15 years ago. So that means you guys started, gosh, when you were what, like 10 or 11 years old, see what I did there. Oh. See what I did. <laughs> I'm pretty salty, man. I don't know about that. <laughs> in, in, okay. Uh, this one I like to ask a lot of people. Um, so it, we bring this up, at least I bring this up a lot when I talk to irreverent warriors, uh, the, what do we call them? Coordinators, the, the leadership oh, staff, right? We got it. We got a huge staff, huge staff. Cause I mean, we've got 70 hikes with a lot of people working for it. Um, the idea is that these hikes are what save lives, these hikes and they are, but, but these hikes are what improve mental health. And then I like to twist it around and say, how has this organization helped you? Right? So how does coordinating a hike in downtown Raleigh, 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 ugh, I live here. I can't even say the name Raleigh. How does that, uh, uh help your mental health without really it feels like that's not the goal, but I think secretly it is. So I'm going to ask you that. How is working with pinup for veterans where you're constantly giving and giving and giving, what does it do for you personally in your mental health? I think um, being more of a philanthropist myself, I naturally am a, a giver. So to me, it really makes me want to, uh, you know, to get more. Let's, let's do more. You know, let's help Gina get to the states that we haven't been to yet, to the VA hospitals. Uh, to visit the veterans who haven't had a chance to meet us yet. I mean, it's it's a driver. It really is what it is. And you feed off the energy of the other ladies who get involved. Uh, you feed off the energy of the crowds when we do our live calls. You know, I just see Gina really excited about releasing merchandise. Like, uh, I got to give a promo to my shirt here. So, nice. uh, you know, that, yeah. And, and of course, the calendar. I'm sorry, in the background. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> and, but I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely something that, you know, the more you do it, the more you get motivated. And it's uh, it's amazing. And we do have, you know, uh, like Brie here, she just said hello. She's one of our ambassadors, um, also not a veteran, but, you know, she and her, her twin sister, they're, they've been involved for a long time. They're amazing. And so um, just everybody who sees how amazing this is and how the mental well-being of other veterans is, and, and to be told that even in private messages, somebody messaging you offline saying, hey, you know what, I had a 1911 pistol in my mouth and you saved me. Yeah. I've gotten that message twice. It's amazing. And so, and it's it's really humbling, but then it actually gives you a better idea of what the grander picture is of organizations like yours, like like Gina's. Um, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. So I, I'm very grateful to be involved. And and yeah, I mean, you know, to, to I'm not a combat veteran myself, so you know, it's hard for me to experience some of the things that you guys do. But I do try to get on a level of just you know motivation, and um, you know, there's always going to be somebody there for you. And so um, you know, even though it's hard for me to equivocate some of that mental um, toughness. I'm always there to support it in every way I can. And everybody else is too, as Gina's organization. And so, you know, she screens that pretty carefully too. When she, when she picks the gals uh, for the calendar, she wants to make sure they're, you know, they're a good fit, you know, um, in every way. So I'm for that. Um, you bring up something interesting that again, another topic that comes up a lot, and that is survivor's guilt. I want to just ask you personally about this one. So I was talking to a friend of mine, I won't name his name. He's in the hikes and he was, he was a machine gunner. And I, for whatever reason, he didn't get to play with his unit. He didn't get to deploy. Now Marines, like in, in the, in the air force, the apex of the air force is to fly, right? To be a, I don't know, F-15 pilot. And then, no, I would say to be a C-130 navigator. That's the apex, <laughs> but the apex in the Marine Corps is to 
is to go to combat, is to kill the Fight. enemy. That's what you're trained to do. Uh, what did you have any issues dealing with the fact that you didn't get to deploy? Did is did any of that carry with you? Uh, oddly enough, so the first four years that I served, nothing going on from ninety five to 99, It was quiet. Um, but then uh, after that, after nine eleven happened and we got our our nice uh, involuntary presidential orders to come back, um, I worked in the in the G four shop at the MEF. And uh, my counterpart was actually a female captain who liked to be in Fallujah. So whenever our six-month rotation came up, you know, I'd, I'd be ready to go. And she told me to stay in the rear, and that was fine. Um, I definitely don't have any guilt because I believe that my purpose was just whatever it was. And so because of the optimism and things like that, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to serve this purpose, you know, be, you know, representative in the best capacity I can. And like you said, obviously, you know, being a Marine, that's, yeah, that's something that you want to do is make sure you have your brothers and sisters back, you know, sure. at the times when they need you most. But, um, you know, my path was a little different. And uh, and for that, I mean, I don't want to say I'm grateful because I, I really, you know, don't know how I'd, I'd feel the other way. I don't know. Right. But at the same time, you know, I'm here to, to, to provide that support. And uh, no, no survivors guild at all for me. That's that's a real healthy way to look at it. I think people should take something away from that because, um, I mean, you could, I guarantee you could talk to like a tier one operator and say, dude, you are tip of the spear, um, well, you know, and he, he would say, yeah, but I could have done more. There's something more I could have done. And you can't live your life that way. You have to realize that, you know, it, it, things happen for a reason, or maybe they don't, but things happen because they happen. And it, the past is the past. And you know, focus on today. Uh, stop looking in the future. That's that's me yeah. being deep right now. Um, we're we're running short of time, but I want to ask you this one question here, and I could be wrong. So if I'm wrong, we'll just move right along here. Um, but when I was looking at your bio, you had children when you were in the Marines, correct? When you were active, I did. Okay, I sure so did. Yeah, so there's a dynamic that I mean, how does being a mother help you with being a Marine, or vice versa? How did being a Marine help you with being a mother, especially in active duty? Oh gosh, I think that started, um, I'll, I'll make it quick too, but that started when I was younger. I've always been very maternal with my athletic sports teams. In boot camp, I got the Molly Marine Award because I was always, you know, just mentoring, even though I was the same age as these, a uh, lot of these girls I was in my platoon with, just a lot of mentorship. So I knew I wanted to be a mother at a young age. It happened. Um, I'm grateful for it. Uh, I've got one daughter who's actually in boot camp right now. Um, she's with my old company, Oscar Company. So, oh, wow. you know, she's there right now. <laughs> and then my, tradition. it is and, and you know my son he um he's trying to go uh, he's an air force chair you see he's trying to go into the marine corps i'm like well hang on a second you know there's the air force i'm not gonna ask about this at all but you know if he's and he's got but he's still uh leaning towards that but i tell you it's uh you know having that at such a young age and having it kind of intertwined with uh, my life all it has exposure so exposure you know having my kids exposed to going to uh, you know, uh, well, my daughter's been to the Penance for Events event, you know, like the the, when the finale we had sort of a rap, rap party. And then, you know, other other organizations where they actually get to volunteer, um, whether it be on Camp Pendleton, other organizations. You know, my son and I, we go out to Riverside National Cemetery. We do the Reese Across America. I mean, um, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, it was unintentional, but it made them be very patriotic and uh, and want to serve. So. Uh, it was it was awesome. good. It was really good. That's great. Uh, interesting uh, take on that because I, I never I haven't had anyone on the show where I actually got to to kind of go down that route. Jeremy, let's bring everyone back on. Big group here. Look at us all. Uh oh, did we lose someone? 
Oh, no, we didn't. Oh, I got her. Hold on. There she is. Okay. Yeah, we're all there. Um, so I guess with these in the last few questions, I mean, I wish you could, I'm not going to turn my camera, but you should see the notes. And I literally, I made, I might have hit 1% of what I was going to ask you guys, but, uh, I have some last questions here. If you, whoever wants to answer, just kind of just answer. Um, can men get involved? I see some men in your picks. Um, actually the only, the only men I see is on Gina's picks, but, uh, uh, what's anyways, can men get involved with this organization? Absolutely. We have male ambassadors that come on hospital visits with us as well. We have featured male veterans in past calendars. So yes. Cool. Do they get like, can they put on a pompadour hairstyle and, or do they, they so a lot they of do? them when they come on visits with us, they get dressed up kind of vintage suspenders and hats and yeah. Or some of them will wear the uniform. Nice. What is something, so this is kind of a loaded question because I looked up, uh, the, the, or I think Gina let me in on this one, but uh, in what ways did being a member of, of Pinup for Vets take you out of your comfort zone? I see you, Shannon. Come on. Shannon first. I'm like, it, it, well, I was going to say it didn't because I like getting dressed up pretty, but, um, but I was nervous the first few times I went on hospital visits. And what helped me is how completely at ease and radiant Gina is. And so I learned very quickly watching her as she comes in and she says hello and she points out the calendar and she asks for their birthdays. She asks where they served and it helped me get over my shyness. Um, so that it became very easy. Like we're just going in and having a conversation with people who hopefully are happy to see us. And, um, yeah, so that, that was one thing I, I get shy when I go on hospital visits. Yeah, I could see that. Um, <laughs> not, not with you in, in particular, but I mean, that that's kind of nerve wracking going up and speaking, you know, in front of so many people, I get nervous every time I do a podcast. Um, Megan, one. did you jump out of an airplane with pinups? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, with Shannon, Miss Shannon, mm -hmm. and uh, and with Erica, who is a U.S. Army veteran. So um, we did with the Golden Knights. We did a nice little jump, and um, it was amazing. We we tried to get Gina to go with us. She's gonna go the next time. You guys she's have to help me go. Oh, you guys have to help us rally Gina for the cause because you know what? We think she'd love it. But you know, uh, it's it's a growth thing, so we'll get there. <laughs> I don't know, Gina. Don't do it. Uh, One I day I'm just. One day I'm just going to tell Gina that uh, we're going to go out to coffee and um, I'm going to take her to an airport. You know what? I having flown as many hours as I flew, I would Whatever never jump out of an airplane. I would never jump out of it. As, as for many hours that I flew the Navigator, uh, also known as the Hercules. <laughs> I like went back to look up the Google, and you could see why if somebody made an assumption, why <laughs> the internet would support that. <laughs> I'm have to. Shannon actually jumped out of a plane. She did so by herself. She was in jump school in the Air Force. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. So you I weren't would, strapped rather, like a, a, a baby Bjorn. You were actually on your own. Until the Golden Knights. I'd rather jump out of an airplane than have to like fly in a plane any day. <laughs> nope. have to 100% disagree with you on that one. We had a Golden Knight on uh, a few weeks ago, didn't we, Jeremy? Yep. I can't remember his name because my memory, I have a memory like a goldfish. I walked to one TPI side. TPI and Jarhead. For one, we don't remember. And two, we just don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me just quickly go through my, uh, Jeremy, do you have any questions? I do. So what was the first, if now starting with Shannon, going to Gina, then Megan, the first thing being a part of pinups, and I know you started with Gina, when you first started, what was the biggest 
I guess, hurdle or confidence thing that you may, may have had to get past just to say, I'm going to do it. Here I am. Well, is, Shannon, did you want to, did you want Shannon to go first? Or? Yeah, Shannon first, Gina, and then Megan. For me, what was, I thought it was about founding it. For me, it, I mean, it was just a joy to join. It was immediately being embraced by a community of incredible women and men. And uh, for me, there there were no hurdles. It was just like, let's do this. Gina, me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when? Cool. <laughs> for me, um, you know, it's, it, it's quite an endeavor to start an organization, right? And um, at the time, I was working in the hospitality industry when I came up with the idea for Pinups for Vets. And uh, for four years, I did both. And that was incredibly challenging to grow a nonprofit while you're working full time. Uh, I was a hotel manager and trying to get the word out about Pinups for Vets, you know, trying to get, you know, get, get our mission out there and I was so lucky that I connected early on with a lot of military bloggers. Um, around that time, mill blogging was a really big thing. Um, and so I attended um, mill blogging conferences and I got to connect you know, with some of these um, influencers in the, in the military community and they started talking about the organization. And so it was, I would say both, my two big challenges uh, was basically quitting my job after four years to focus on pinups for vets full-time. That was a gigantic risk that I took uh, to see if I can happen full-time. Um, uh, but they say one of my favorite phrases is purpose is an alarm clock. So it gets you up in the morning for sure. Um, and then two is really getting the word out about our mission and, and getting, you know, uh, getting people, you know, kind of aware and start, starting to gain supporters. So there it's, it's a long journey, and maybe I'll write about it someday about the roller coaster of pinups for vets. Um, but it's been incredibly rewarding, and, and I'm very grateful that I did take that risk. That's awesome. Definitely write a book. I'm pretty sure everybody yeah, can buy it. That'd be pretty cool. Megan? Yeah, I'd say um, I'd say the challenges. I, I mean, like you know, making sure that Gina's vision is brought forth. You know, in, in the purpose that she wanted to be brought forth. And the good thing about that is actually watching different ladies join the organization and bring their perspective of the organization to the world and, um, and, and, you know, see the smile on Gina's face, like, oh my gosh, this is great. You know, this person has this creative talent. This person has this. I mean, and so, um, you know, the challenge of just getting the right people involved and uh, obviously getting the right people involved, getting so many different personalities involved, uh, grows the organization because that's what you really need. I'm sure you guys can, you know, see that similarly with yours, you know, oh, yeah. you've got, uh, you know, you've got different ranges, different forces, uh, different experiences. And so because of that, I think that the, the base has grown tremendously just based on the ambassadors and, uh, and, and who's Gina is inviting into the circle. And it's, uh, it's great. I love it. So. That's awesome. awesome. I feel the same way, especially with the Reverend Warriors, you know, and Kevin feels the same way too. It's, it's, it's not until you finally open up and just, give yourself a chance to be a part of it. You feel something more. And that's, that's how I am with, well, there we, that's how I am with this is you feel more being a part of something that matters with a mission. And that's what we stand. That's what I stand for. So I, sure. I, I feel it. Right on. And, uh, also being authentic, authentic to yourself, you know, don't keep things inside, be authentic. People like that. Um, <clears throat> I'm not crying. I actually just choked on my coronavirus. Uh, no, I'm vaccinated, my friend. Um, 
but yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, people pick up on that. And if you're authentic and you get out there and, and they see that, that, you know, what you're doing is truly selfless, then, then it catches on. But I, I, Gina, I mean, when you start and you, you have an idea and you're like, okay, I, this is the idea I want to do. And you literally you st- I, the way I start things is you just write something down on a piece of paper and you're like, somehow I got to get it from here <laughs> to there. It can be daunting, especially in the modern world where now you got to take social media into account, figure out how to market that way. And uh, oh God, it's, it's, it's a bear, but just stick with it. Just stick with it. If you have an idea, get, don't be afraid of failure. Get your ass kicked a few times. Um, pick yourself up, learn from it and just keep moving forward. Uh, so I'm going to send people, Jeremy, can you bring up the, the, uh, website? So should I just send people over yeah. to, let's see how quick he is. Here he goes. I had right. it. Fo- it's not there. I don't see it. Where is it? Hold on. I got you. God damn it. Okay. Boom. <laughs> oh, is that that? There you go. Head over to pin up for vets, bring up the, uh, the banner too, Jeremy, so you can see the actual website, head over to pin up for vets, buy a calendar, support these, um, warriors and civilians too. uh, support these wonderful people who are doing great work for, for <laughs> veterans, young and old. Um, you guys really, you're doing an awesome job. We had a fantastic show. Um, loved having you on. Um, I don't know any, any quick parting words. Thank you so much. We're so grateful for your support. And yes, be sure to check out pinupsforvets.com. Awesome. There it is, Jeremy. Uh, pinupsforvets.com. Awesome, ladies. Thank you again. Thank you. If it's not for people like you that take your time to share your stories with us, then this show wouldn't be what it is. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Jeremy, don't Jeremy, don't end yet. I know. I was waiting. <laughs> I'm not going to mess it up this time. All right. So let's, Um. yeah, there you go. And then we got this stupid two camera thing. I do you know what? Take down this one, this guy over here. Look at that. Yo, saying, I did it I'm, right. I didn't I'm, edit this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying thank you either or please. So um thank you, Jeremy, for please doing that. Good show. Uh that was a lot of fun. That was amazing. I I again I I fanboyed at the beginning. I was like, I you know, you did follow them for years. I I don't care, man. When you get that <laughs> mission and you and you've been following them and doing watching lives and seeing people across the country, even the world, just comment on them like, "Yo, thank you for what you do." I've seen guys, soldiers and airmen, etc., uh, from other countries who are serving at their bases, comment of where they're at and and just be engaged. That's great because then people are getting out of their comfort shells, able to open up. And they're so humble to listen and even comment back. They're not like some, some bro vets who just kind of blow it off. They are quick to respond. They're super nice. I mean, what, that's the epitome of what our, I guess our, our service members and veterans and those who support should be those who support us and stand with each other. And that's what they are. Yeah. And, and I, um, I don't remember actually how I discovered them. Uh, it might've just been social media or something like that, but, um, I had seen them before. I know I have, you know, either through Instagram or something like that. I'm like, Oh, I recognize these people. Cause they're I can't famous. Imagine, I mean, why not? I can't imagine there's so many, there's too many groups like that out there. Um, so yes, if you're watching this and you're a veteran, if you're not a veteran, if you know a veteran, reach out, send a text, send an email, make a call who calls anymore. Seriously. My phone rings sometimes and I look at it and I'm like, are you, are you really calling me right now? <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. When I show up to the studio, hey, Kevin, I'm here and no response. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't like the phone call. I don't. But you never know. You never know. And like I said, my my friends usually pick on me and say, leave me alone. But it's because I love all of you, all of you out there, everyone. Um, so yeah, thanks for checking out the show. Head over to irreverentwarriors.com. You'll be able to see all the upcoming hikes. Buy some merch. Reverent Warriors, established 2015. Uh, this is a new shirt for me. I kind of like this one. I also have oh, yeah. some new silkies on. I don't know if I should show them. Should I show them? Do it. You can't. You can't not have this show and not show silkies if you have okay. them. On. Switch to switch to camera two. Okay, come on. Let's see if we can do this. Oh, do it. Oh. And those there are the new are. ones. Those are there our is. new silkies. Yep. So uh, brand new silkies. They're actually wonderful for people. Do you know what civilians? If you don't know what uh, silkies are, find out because you don't know what you're missing. Uh, I like to mow my lawn in them, and I don't care. <laughs> no cares. No I cares. don't care. Um, 21gun.net, head over to 21gun. You got to spell it out. Do I have to say that? I probably should continue to say that, right? Cause I yeah, because us jarheads need a little bit of help. That's 21, spell it out, .net, not .com, because I wasn't quick enough to get .com. Uh, and that's, that's, I think, everything. I don't know. Yeah, man. Uh, I got, so... It, <laughs> I used my work calendar, I don't know why, on my, my iPhone, and I had a bunch of upcoming episodes scheduled out. And then I got a call, and it's like, hey, we're swapping out your phone. I'm like, all right, no problem. I give my old phone, get them. None of my contacts and none of my uh, calendar came across. So I'm kind of frightened because I'm, we have a show next week. And I know we have a guest. It might be that that cop guy. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Oh, we yeah, Mike the last Cop. Week. Um, so I think what you should do, a little plug, you should go to pinupvets.com and order, order a calendar, and oh, you can write your stuff down. And just write it down. That's amazing. Boom. You just did that. <laughs> that just happened. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for checking out the show. Um, Jeremy, I'll let you end the broadcast. We will the see right you guys way. soon. Thanks for checking out the the award-winning show. One. Set the now. Place.